0: what's up everybody it's a beautiful wednesday afternoon here in chester county pennsylvania i'm jake starr and this is a brand new edition of the sns show if you're listening on spotify big thank you for listening there if you're on instagram live thank you for joining leave your questions or comments down in the comments section below and if we have time we'll try to get to them preston up in holidaysburg pennsylvania today preston how's everything going down in your quarantine edition Let me
1: tell you, beautiful weather today. It was supposed to rain all day, but I got the windows open, the sun's shining. It's uh, it's a beautiful day from the the crib, as I like to call it. I've adopted the name The Crib for the bedroom. It's where I spend about 90% of my time these days. But uh, it's looking great out there and just trying to get through this schoolwork, get through these days one day at a time. Just keep going. Doing a lot of yard work nowadays, too. I just spread... uh, Couple tons of rock last week. I got a couple more tons delivered today to spread this weekend, so free labor for the father. So he's gotta gotta love that. But we're we're hanging in there out here. Not much else we can do in the quarantine, so just trying to enjoy it as much we can.
0: Yeah, and I've seen your dad has become a TikTok star over the last few days. Don't get me going. I <laughs> very
1: much disapprove of the TikTok trend. Anyone who knows me knows that I'm not for the TikTok. My father has decided he is for the TikTok, (laughs) and because of that, I have already filed for adoption. So, if there's anyone out there that's looking to take me in, I would be very grateful during this quarantine. I'm not for the TikTok.
0: I mean, obviously, I don't think guests are encouraged right now. But if you want to take a three and a half hour drive, we have an extra bedroom. So, and we might have to. We don't do TikToks over here. So that's that's a good start. We love that. That's always a plus. So let's move forward a little bit, and I feel like. There's been some cautiously optimistic is, I think, the proper word to say. I think there's a little bit of optimism. There's maybe a little flicker of a light at the end of the tunnel. Like, obviously, we're closer to the end of it now than we were a month ago when this all first started. So, I think there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And, I mean, I'm getting a little optimistic. I don't want to get too optimistic for obvious reasons because I don't want to be... Too disappointed that this lasts, you know, longer. So, I think the thing that leads to the optimism is baseball. Major League Baseball, a couple nights ago, came out with the proposal that they want to play games in the greater Phoenix area, play at Chase Field, the home of the Diamondbacks, the same Diamondbacks who walked off Mariano Rivera in 2001. I know that might get you a little bit there, but... Uh, Then also, why Arizona? Got a bunch of spring training sites around there. So that's where we got players. You have them reporting in May. You'll have games soon after. You'll isolate the players. You'll practice social distancing still. No fans in the stadium, of course. But Preston, just initial gut reaction. What are you thinking of this proposal from Major League Baseball?
1: Before I comment on the proposal, I want to say I still feel like we're closer to the beginning than we are to the end. I, I try to have some optimism here or there, but I'm very much better, it seems like, as just looking at things the bad way. And then when good things happen, I get surprised and I'm happy about it. But I just think if you look at everything that's going on, I still feel like we're much more towards the beginning of this than we are going to be the end of it. Just because you're still going to be feeling the repercussions of this. In August, in September, like they're talking about college football being different. So, yes, we might get some sort of altered reality in the sports world, and it could be coming somewhat soon. I don't know if that necessarily means we're closer to the end of this whole thing than we are to the beginning of it. But focusing on the baseball proposal, because that's what we're talking about here first, uh, I have a lot of mixed feelings towards it. You know, I think – and we're going to talk about this NHL proposal that came out, which is kind of like a similar – type of feel. They want to play all their games in one location. They want to isolate there. I think that works for a league like the NHL. It works for a league like the NBA because you're playing in gyms. You're playing inside and your season's almost over. When you're looking at the MLB and the season hasn't even started yet and we're talking about playing an entire season in one location where you have 30 teams playing on the same days and you've got teams playing at the Diamondback Stadium. You have teams using spring training facilities and maybe college fields I don't know. I, I just don't know how that's going to work big picture for the MLB. I know they're more eager about getting games going. They're talking about these 7-game or 7-inning doubleheaders with this isolation idea in Phoenix. But you know, isn't there a part of you that would rather just say, "Let's cut the season to 100 games. Let's start at the end of June and let's just play where we can try to play." Now, I I know that doesn't work because you can't ask for a team like the Pirates to travel to Yankee Stadium and play a game right now with as bad as New York City is. That's fair. But I just, I'm yet to feel confident that every game being played in the Phoenix area of all places is going to be something that works well. I I get it's going to be warm there and warm weather is kind of combating this disease a little bit. So a warm weather area and an area that hosts spring training at least has some facilities to play at and that helps their case. But I mean, you look at all the things that we're talking about here. No fans, that's an obvious thing. I don't think you're going to see fans in sporting events before this fall anyway. So, whether they're playing in Phoenix or they're playing in their home stadiums, no fans is probably going to happen. But the umpire standing six feet behind the catcher in an electronic strike zone to kind of get the social distancing. The players sitting in the stands six feet apart, no dugouts. Like, it's, it's weird. It's so weird, and this is such a weird time that you have to understand that it's going to be weird. I'm just... Um, it's still a little raw on me. I'm not embracing it 100% yet. I want to see, obviously it's a proposal and it's baseball soon, which is great. I'd be disappointed to see the entire season played in Phoenix. I want to see games played in different areas of the country. I know it doesn't mean much for teams that are so, let's say, I, I don't know, there's no fans. So where's the home field? Well, the Arizona Diamondbacks are going to feel some kind of home field, don't you think? They're playing in their hometown. They're living in their houses with their families. Meanwhile, the Pittsburgh Pirates spend an entire four-month isolation in a hotel in Phoenix without their family. You're cooped up in a hotel. That's where you live. That's Obviously, that's something. If you're going to do this neutral site thing, you could talk about, well, let's make sure there's no team that lives in that area. Well, then where are you going to find the baseball fields to do that? So I have no idea. Maybe it's Omaha. Maybe they play College World Series site and store everyone there that's kind of also in the middle of nowhere but I, I don't know I, I've, I'm starting to ramble I think the point is I it's just so raw on me still it's so new I'm not 100% I, I read it and I was like wow we could see baseball in May and it shocked me because I was like well we were just talking about baseball not coming back till July and now they want it to play in May and the last thing I want to see happen is see them rush into this and I might there we go I'm back last thing I want to see for them is to rush into this, something bad happens, and then they have to cancel the whole thing, and now nothing happens. It would be better to wait and ease into it than just jump on this in May and say, we're going to do this, it'll be fine, no fans, isolation, all the whole thing, it's going to work, and then what if it doesn't? Could ruin a lot of big sporting events for the rest of the year. So I want to see them wait a little longer, personally. If they could do start talking about something like this June-July, I'd feel a little better about it, but you are seeing that there's a chance that this curve is starting to flatten. That's what they're saying in the national news. So as the weather gets warmer, as they continue to push this through and it kind of fizzles out, but you have to wonder, is the curve, the curve's flattening because we're in isolation, because we're doing all these things. You start going back to normal life, is that just going to spike it again? So I want to see the leagues wait. I don't want to see MLB jump on this right now. It seems a little premature for me. I also don't love the idea of the Phoenix thing, but I I know why they're trying to do it, and I don't blame them. they got to try to do something, you know? So, obviously, I just threw a lot at you there, and I know you've got your own thoughts, so kind of counter at me. What are you thinking?
0: You raise a lot of good points, and I think there's also a bunch of things you said I want to take a couple of minutes just to counter on. Like, I think the first question you got to ask, would the league and the players be willing to do that? And... The early returns on this idea so far, the answer to that question is yes. I've got Some guys have been, hell, throw me on the moon. I just want to play baseball. Nolan Arenado, I know, has been quoted saying he's a big fan of it. So that's part A. Part B of do the players want to do it? If there is no season, the players are not going to get paid. Because there's, the league doesn't have enough revenue by not playing a single game to get the players paid. And I get you lose gate because fans aren't there. But you'll still get your TV deals. If you don't have a TV deal, who knows if the networks are still going to pay for a lost season. So that's a big part of it too. Second of all, the big part is if they want to make this happen, they'll find a way to make it happen. These leagues have enough money and enough resources to make this possible. I think the big thing is always just is testing. If they can get more testing, more of those antibody tests out and about, by the end of this month, I can see it being entirely possible you get the entire league to Arizona by the middle to end of May, because you get everybody there, you test them, you see, okay, who's had it, who hasn't had it, who is the antibody, and then you isolate from there. So there's a there's a lot of contingencies in place, and I think there's a lot of balls that still have to be, you know, taken care of that for this to happen. But I'm I for one are are confident that they can find a way to make this work. I think it it won't be easy, but if you want to see baseball in 2020, right now, this might be our only option. And I get what you say about let's wait till June. What's late till July and we can go back to these home ballparks? But what if you can safely start playing in Arizona in May? And then by July, when the rest of the country maybe opens up a bit more, you can go back to those home ballparks, granted without fans. And then you can start to travel around and play other teams. But I think at least for May and June, I think that there's a possibility that they can make this work, especially if. Testing gets better, and people continue to isolate.
1: Well, I'm, I'm going to play devil's advocate with you just because it'll go back and forth. But, you know, what if it really isn't safe for them to do this in May? That's my, The biggest thing I'm worried about is, is the MLB season worth pushing into May because they want to make it happen? What if it's not safe? What if it's not the time for it? I, I know that there's going to be testing and they're flattening the curve. But the reason the curve might be flattening is because we're in isolation. And if you take all these guys and send them there and guys start getting sick, then the MLB is going to take a lot of heat, especially from a commissioner in Rob Manfred, who's already not the most famous and favorite commissioner of all the sport leagues right now. So if it goes bad, it's a terrible look for Major League Baseball. It's a terrible look overall for sports. And now – you're looking at something that you tried to start up, it didn't work, you had to stop it because guys are getting sick and stuff isn't working well, and then it's just a bad look. That's why I personally, the the question becomes, what's the risk you're really willing to run? Are you willing to push this into May? How confident are you that it's going to be safe for all of your players? Because if one player gets it, just like that, who didn't have it before, and they get it while games are going on... and can you shut that down and can you keep other teams from getting it? And if one player gets it and that whole team gets it, and then the team you're playing might get it because you're sharing baseballs and yeah, obviously there's going to be some crazy sanitary things. And if you thought they went through a lot of baseballs before, we're talking maybe one pitch per ball and like, go oh, we'll get it cleaned in the dugout. Like that's, that's what we're talking about now, which is crazy. But how, how much is the MLB really willing to risk to say, we want to be that first league to get back out there and play in May because we think we can. And if you can't, if, you, if, they, if it works and it's a success and it really is safe, then it's a big win. But if it doesn't work, it's a huge loss. And I, I'm just questioning, is is it really worth the extra month or so you're jumping ahead to say, let's just play, let's wait here, let's get guys out there in June, July, play a shortened season. There's so much stuff that's been straight up canceled that a shortened season in the MLB and already the longest of all the major league seasons, they play a shortened season it, I'm a huge baseball fan, so I don't. I hate not having games. I hate shortening the season. I hate that talk, but I would much rather see the baseball big picture get through this and not be the league that started too early and risked it for more people and just gets a terrible bashing in the public, especially by those who don't think that people should be out of their houses right now without masks on. So it, it's it's scary. It's a, the whole situation's weird. You don't really know. I feel like. If it's going to be safe enough and, and you can look at the Phoenix area off the top of my head I don't know what the case is like out there but there is some city cities out there and cities seem to be getting hit worse than others but I just I would be very shocked if they do this and it works perfectly I feel like there's some bumps in the road and there's no way you can iron all of those out before you go especially in May that's a month away the get guys all out there and tested and in hotels and I think it's I think it's a risk what do you think about that?
0: Yeah, a couple of facts I want to counter again with is the first thing about the spread of the virus. It's obviously, it's known to be a contagious virus, but I think you look at Rudy Gobert in the Utah Jazz, he gets diagnosed and they test, I think the number was 56 in that area. People in the Jazz organization, they tested. Only one other came back positive and that was Donovan Mitchell. You then go and you test all the people that you know, in that circle that the Jazz played, or teams that the Jazz played, who then they played other teams. And you test all those people, and you see, you, know, you saw Christian Wood test positive because he defended Gobert, but his teammates didn't test positive. Saw a couple of Nets, a couple of Lakers test positive. Remember, the Sixers organization test positive. But like, Christian Wood tested positive. He matched up against Joel Embiid the night the league was canceled, and Joel Embiid didn't test positive. So I think. That's nothing thing we got to look at. If one guy gets it, it's not like the entire team is going to get it if they can treat it correctly. And the second thing is with the tests. And I think just the fact that you're going to... Hopefully, you have these antibody tests out by the end of the month. And you have rapid testing. So, you get guys in Arizona, you test them. And if everybody... Once someone, you know, is clean, you put them in isolation. And at that point, it's hard for them to pick it up if they're not around anyone else that has it. Because everybody that is going to be in this small bubble that Major League Baseball is making. Say it's 2,000 people in this bubble. If we know all 2,000 of those people either don't have it or haven't had the antibody or have the antibody in general, it makes you feel a lot better that there's no way it can spread at that point.
1: I definitely I definitely agree with that. That right there made one thing jump into my mind off the top of my head and it was when everybody was freaking out, at, oh, why are NBA players getting tested? But my daughter who's 12 years old, who's sick and can't get out of bed won't get tested because like, only the rich people and the important people are getting tested. I think I think there's a stigma there if you make all these tests only available to MLB guys, but the that's just that was just a different thing. The thing I wanted to go back to was this And it was, talking about some of these NBA guys, why was Adam Silver praised so much for what he did? It's because he was the first commissioner to shut things down immediately. And you see there wasn't that much of a spread, but he was praised for shutting it down and taking a stand against it. I just think if you're the first commissioner to open things back up and maybe things don't work, it it just might be in a situation where now Rob Manfred, who already is in the hot seat. He's not the favorited commissioner by any means. I don't think many people have great feelings about the way things were handled right now with you know what he did with the Astros and the Red Sox and all these other things, but he gets some hot water because he rushes a league back that might not be ready to be rushed back. I mean, it, at the end of the day, it's two sides of a coin that either side has a fair argument. I completely see where you're coming from, and I I would think that you can kind of see where I'm at too, but I just think it's just two sides that need to be recognized and brought up. And And, and you had something before. I wanted to give that back to you.
0: Yeah, you talked about the test, and I saw a comment about the test. And Major League Baseball already made it clear. They're not testing people unless they know they're not taking away from the general population. If there are enough tests by May that Major League Baseball can secure, say, 2,000 of them, but the millions of Americans that need to test can still get them then they'll do it but if they know they're going to be taken away from the general public they're not going to do it so i just wanted to kind of add that layer of information on top of what you said so it kind of it's it's another not another side to the argument just another piece of information that you know we need this to happen or else major league baseball isn't even going to try to come back if they can't acquire tests without hurting the general population they're not going to bring baseball back they'll wait
1: Obviously, I think that's the right answer and just like looking forward at some of these other discussions that just tie into this directly. We talk like I'm talking about the MLB here, but you've got the NHL proposal that we touched on briefly before. They want to play all their games in North Dakota. Shout out to my man, Jake, who's listening right now. North Dakota, you'll have all the NHL games you want just at a stone's throw away in the great state out there. But, uh, you know, they play all the games in North Dakota. They isolate themselves there and they want to just start right into the playoffs I, I almost have a completely different stance on that because you're just playing the playoffs. So not every team is coming in. You're bringing in the few playoff teams. You can have those playoffs done in a month and the season's over. And now the NHL and, and same with so with the NBA, you could do the same thing with that right now. Isolate the NBA somewhere. Jake's in South Dakota, still a stone's throw up the hill. You know, not, not a big deal. But um, I think those two leagues can be done. And it's not as big of a deal as saying the MLB can come and play an entire season. They haven't even started their season yet. I think it's a lot easier to postpone the start of a season than to postpone the playoffs of a season where you've got free agent issues. You don't want the NBA playing their championship game in October when there's a new season that needs to start. So, you know, I, and I know we both have talked about that too, but when you're looking across the leagues – Do you think there's a different protocol that needs to be taken by leagues in their own situations? Or do you think it's just one kind of general sports can be back if this happens and it doesn't matter what the sport is and it doesn't matter what that sport requires per se, because you, I mean, look outside the major sports golf tournaments are being canceled. You've got NASCAR, you've got obviously the Olympics have been moved. Some big golf tournaments have been canceled. A lot of the majors have been rescheduled for late in the fall. Some horse races have been canceled. There's all kinds of stuff here. So does it have to depend on the league or does it just depend on the general state and it doesn't matter what sport it is? If one can come back, they can all come back. What do you think?
0: Well, the difference between baseball and hockey, basketball, football, baseball is the easiest sport to social distance in. They talked about players are going to sit in the dugout six feet apart. Players are spread out throughout the field. Umpires are going to be six feet behind the catcher and they'll use an electronic strike zone. So baseball is the easiest sport to social distance. I mean, the closest you'll get if you're holding a runner on, if you tag a runner out. Hockey, basketball, man, you got your, they're breathing down each other's necks. And that's the big difference. But it's the same thing with the NHL. If you can get the entire league and all the media members and all the team personnel that got to be up there, test them, see whether they had it and have the antibody. They don't have it or they have the antibody without having it. And you can take all of them, know everyone's negative and get them up into a bubble in North Dakota and play. I'm all for playing. I think uh, Gary Bettman, the NHL commissioner, he's been the commissioner for over 25 years and not viewed too highly. I think he might top Rob Manfred in our rankings of least liked commissioners. I mean, the MLB's, not the MLB, NHL canceled a whole season in 2004. So that doesn't speak too well. But I think if, he said, if we do come back, there's a chance we just scrap the rest of the regular season and go right to the playoffs. And how do the playoffs look? Where do you play? That's all stuff that has to be figured out. But look, at the end of the day, as a society, I think everybody's been through so much. And, you know, I'll ask you, what you, what's the one thing you look forward to? You had a stressful day. You come home, you flip on the TV. You want to watch sports. And I think if these professional leagues can find a way to safely, emphasis on the word safely, put all the players in a bubble, play all games in the same area, and give us something to watch and cheer for, I think that'll be big over the next few months.
1: I, I definitely don't disagree with that. I think it would be big, but I just think where I sit is I'm a little more skeptical on the bubble aspect and where the entire nation is and if, if that can be made as quickly as May. And I think that's where I'm coming from because I don't disagree with you. I obviously want these sports back as quickly as possible, but the last thing I want to see happen is see someone rush back, see a league rush back, see some other spike in the cases, something bad happens, it's bad face, oh, but... Sports is the most important thing, and they rushed it back over health, and you don't want that. You don't want bad publicity. Bad PR is tough to overcome. So that's my thing. I'm taking the safe approach. I'd rather see baseball shoot for a mid-June to July start and shorten the season dramatically. And just, you know, every single sport, every single league, it's going to be one of those years with a little asterisk on there that's like, oh, yeah, by the way, this was the corona season. Like, it's just going to be known. So... I don't think it's as important to try and preserve a 162-game season at this point for baseball's sake. Just because, you know, if if NHL jumps right into the playoffs right now, same with NBA, the regular seasons were short and it's still an asterisk season. It's still going to be something that people bring up and talk about. So it doesn't concern me as much as say baseball needs to find their way to get 162 games. I think obviously there's much more important things that need to be figured out and taken care of and prioritized first in my eyes. And I think you agree with that too. I don't think that's – I'm definitely not – I don't think you're saying that at all. I just think uh, I lean on the cautious, cautious side. I'd like to see the league 175% positive that it's going to be a bubble, it's going to be safe, and they're not taking tests away from the public before they even say, okay – let's make this happen. And I, that could be the case, but I think it's still a little too early to say by middle part of May, this is what it's going to be like, because it's changing by the day. And some numbers are starting to flatline, but other numbers are still going up because there's a, some, there's a little bit of a delay in the reporting sometimes. So it's just, it, it is what it is. And for now, I think it's tough, but you got to be happy with the things you get to watch coming through the the throwback games, this week the ESPN and CBS are playing old Masters rounds. I'm looking forward to taking in that much-needed content as this week should have been the Masters week and uh, watching a round that Tiger Woods won last year and just thinking, man, there's water on golf courses. Who would have thought that? Because that's just that's just great, right?
0: Okay, so, so before we You definitely shift didn't gears. just hear what I
1: said. That's fine. Okay. I said there's water on golf courses and you didn't react uh, like I thought you would. See, friend,
0: uh, doing this virtually, the internet connection, it's, you know, <laughs> you, you never know, but there inside be- jokes. Before we uh, move on to our next segment, quick birthday, shout out. Andrew Field saw was in here. He's the big 21 today. So uh, Andrew Field, if you're still watching, big, happy birthday to you. We'll have to uh, celebrate once we all get back to state college in the fall. Preston will probably be 21 by the time. We get to celebrate I might be
1: 22 by the time I'm out of quarantine, Jake. We got a long time, I feel like. But happy birthday, Andrew. Uh, Looking forward to seeing you tomorrow morning, hopefully in Steve's class. Don't
0: oversleep. So, let's shift gears to our last segment and let's talk about a sports league that plans to go on as usual. And that's the NFL. We've heard a lot of talk this week on a virtual NFL draft where teams can't be in their facilities. They have to be in their houses, each person individually, so they're already not going to be together to make a pick, so basically they all got to communicate virtually who they want, and they got to then send it virtually to the league where who even knows where the draft's going to be held, you have to assume Goodell will be at the NFL Network studio in Jersey, and they'll make the picks from there but, it's interesting like, would you rather do it like this or would you rather push off the draft till it's safe for people, even to be in person together well look
1: You can't push off the draft much longer, I think. It's definitely something that can be done. I, for one, am very nervous about it because in this day and age, nothing on technology is 100% safe, and I guarantee you that we're going to find a way to – see hacking somehow get into the play of this, you know, is it a wire gate? Like what's the next big scandal we're going to hear about? Is Bill Belichick going to have people tapping into the picks to see who's picking who and who wants who? And I swear, this is my biggest fear about this is the lack of communication or so I I swear if somehow, some way there's not that conversation, there's not that connection that these teams need to have. And the Steelers end up taking a kicker in the second round. I'm going to put my head through a wall. So you know, obviously, that's the dramatic side of it. I think that it's very possible to be done. It's going to be like a fantasy football draft, I think. And I think if it's done right, it could be really cool. But I'm, I'm very worried about the technological side of it. You know, how are you going to make sure this stays secure? How are teams going to be able to have conversations when they're not allowed to be together and talk in person? You know, I, it's, it's worrisome because there's people out there that can make just about anything happen online. They can do just about whatever they want. So... When it comes to talking about the NFL draft and everybody being virtual, are they going to be able to keep it secure? That's my first question. I know we had written down there: is it safe? That worries me. I, I, that's my biggest fear about it. If you can find a way to make it safe and if they get through with nothing happening, I think it'll be cool. It's definitely doable. I mean, we we can, we drafted a fantasy baseball team a couple weeks ago. I hope we get to use it, but we did that all online. You know, it's very possible. At the very minimum. The very minimum they could just develop a an app that all the gms download on their computer and it's the espn fantasy football and they draft and that's that like at the very minimum it's possible sure but they're going to take precautions i hope to make it safer than that
0: yeah and i think the nfl understands that if we can do this right we should do it i mean as sports fans i think we all miss the just something live and i think the fact that we're tuning in it's live it's about our team it's unpredictable. I think that's going to get people to look forward to. Now, I know we're running low on time here, Preston, but one last thing. I did see somebody, I forget who it was, proposed do a 10-round draft because when the draft's over, it's going to be that much harder to sign those undrafted free agents. So why not push it to 10 rounds? Get, you know, 100 more guys off the board that would have had to travel to different sites to meet with teams to sign. So well, let me know your thoughts on that. I, d- I saw that
1: proposal. I just... I don't see it happening. I don't see Goodell and the commissioners coming together and making a decision that dramatic on that case, being like, look, we understand it's going to be hard to draft, they pick up these free agents. So let's add rounds to the draft and let you draft more. There's there's depth charts. There's all this stuff. I, I'd be really shocked to see it happen. I don't necessarily think it's the wrong thing, but I think there's an argument that could be made that's like, look, everybody's in the same boat You'll find a way to get to these undrafted free agents. If you want somebody bad enough, you'll talk to them. You can make it happen. Physicals can be done. I don't. I have no idea. I just don't see them saying, "I'll oh, well, we'll add a couple rounds of the draft" because it's going to be harder for you to draft or to pick up free agent guys. That it doesn't seem like something the NFL would do. I think if you want a guy bad enough, they can make a make a way to make it happen.
0: Yeah, and I I agree. I think the extra three rounds. I mean, when the draft's over we know who the undrafted free agents are within minutes. I think the teams already have their contacts, they're texting agents, they're calling players, and they're making deals the minute the draft's over. So I think that adding an extra three rounds, while it would be, I think it would be really fun, but I don't, I don't see it happening. I think they'll keep it at seven. Maybe even, maybe they'll stretch out the draft. Maybe they'll do, you know, round ones, two and three, four, five, and six, seven. Like, Maybe make it a four-day that, event. That's
1: something I definitely wouldn't be opposed to. Stretch it out, make it a massive TV event because you're not competing against anything on TV. You'll get exactly. prime viewership. You make it a big thing by stretching it out. You give teams that can't be together more time to communicate about things. You know, I, I imagine they're going to have to give a little bit longer pick time per each team anyway because. You're not together. You need to communicate. You got to get it together. Then you got to virtually get it to Goodell at a different site, who then virtually needs to make some announcement somewhere, whether it's a webcam announcement or whatever. So if each team gets a little bit more time and there's some wiggle room, I hope. I hope it's not like a, oh, well, this team didn't get back to us. I, I saw on social media today, it was a remembrance of the 2003 Minnesota Vikings. I don't know if you have heard that story or if you saw that when they had to pass on their number seven overall pick. They could not get a trade-in in in this 15-minute window, and then they came out and said, the window is over, we're moving on to the 8th pick, and the Vikings ended up making their 7th pick as the ninth pick in the draft instead. It took them that long, they had communication issues, and it was just someone talking about the thought of a virtual draft, how far we've come. But I, I think if... They can find a way to give the teams a little bit longer than, of course, you would want to stretch it out. Make it a couple-night event. Start on a Thursday night per usual. Go Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, four days, all on TV, primetime each night. Make it happen. Make it fun. And get guys talking about it. I'm sure ESPN will have guys on different sites and different studios talking about it. And it'll be fun. I think that's what everybody really needs is some kind of live, fun sporting event to talk about so then we can come together and
0: complain about what our teams have done you know that's what
1: that's what it comes down to we can come together and complain
0: i miss complaining about sports there you go yeah i I would pay anything right now to watch the sixers lose by 30 on the road and complain about it that's that's (laughs) but imagine this i know we're before we finish up imagine roger goodell just sitting in his kitchen announcing on like skype each pick with the there's a dog jumping up, up on the counter
1: next to him and his wife <laughs> making dinner behind him or his kids making him dinner or something crazy.
0: Exactly. Who knows?
1: It's, it's but, wild. That's the world we live in now.
0: But I think that's pretty much all we got for you this week. Moving forward next week, I think we're looking more at, hopefully we find more news, hopefully we learn more about NHL, MLB, NBA, more news from that front. Uh, congratulations to Penn State, by the way, on winning the national championship on Monday night in basketball hats off yeah, the in, in an alternate universe we would have been in atlanta and going on a parade down college avenue probably today but things were not meant yes, to be absolutely
1: but, but uh and just before we sign off jake i do want to give the comments a nice little read over we have a lot of people sliding up in here and we appreciate you guys sending stuff out to us just looking through Trying to find a couple of questions. I saw one, Preston, is that a beard? Now, I just want to say, Jake, I thought we were supposed to be having a quarantine beard off here. It doesn't really look like you've got a beard going. I haven't shaved in a month. I'm getting annoyed of it. So I'm asking you, where's the beard at? Uh, We'll we'll, uh, leave that conversation for a different day. (laughs) Uh, What else we got in here? A lot of Jake talking about his Minnesota twins. A lot of stuff in there. Appreciate the comments. Of course... uh, Here's one. What do the Phillies need to be a champion? That's a fun question. It might be a question for a different show. We might need a whole show on that alone. But Hopefully I'll we can start previewing the season choose. soon
0: if this May-June thing comes comes to fruition. As
1: soon as it's official, I've got a full season preview for my Pirates. Just tell me how many games they're playing and I'll tell you how many they're winning. Because can't, it's not many. can't lose
0: 100 games if you don't play 100 Although, games. Hey,
1: you know what? They've been watching some of these... Uh, the show simulations or whatever, and the one that I've been following, the Pirates are like second in the Central, and the Reds are last place, and the Cardinals are down there, and the Pirates are winning games, and nobody thought it was possible. So I just want to take that as a claim saying the Pirates may win games this year. Who knows? Pirates can't lose more games than they win if they don't play any games. That's kind of where I come from.
0: So, as always, a big thank you to everybody who tuned in on Instagram. Big thank you to... Everybody who listened on Spotify will be right back here next Wednesday afternoon. Be sure to tune in. So on behalf of Preston Shoemaker, I'm Jake Starr signing off. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of the SNS Show.